0: Need a high end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look, be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Before we launch into this week's episode, I just want to really give a big shout out to everyone who came to my HGTV Addicts Interior Design Masterclass on Sunday. It was held on February 5th in Manhattan and it was such a hit. The room was packed with over 40 design enthusiasts. You guys were so attentive. You had amazing questions. The energy was electric for all eight hours. I was astounded by the response and so appreciative for the generosity of your ideas and for coming out. It was Super Bowl Sunday and you guys were really, really plugged in to interior design. It was such a great event and so many of my podcast listeners were there that even though right now I was thinking we would only hold it once a year, I may be offering it again in the fall. But we'll talk about that when the time comes. For now, I just wanted to thank you and to say I was astounded by the response. What a great time I had. One of the things we discussed in class, something that I think is so important are standard sizes. So that's what today's episode is about, standard sizes. I'm Betsy Helmuth, and this is Big Design at Small Budget. So during that masterclass, I talked about measurements that are quite common. And I also talked about how if you buy something that's outside these common measurements, it may feel awkward or uncomfortable. And right now, there are some things on the market that are coming up in non-standard sizes, and they feel freakish. So I not only wanted to warn you about those, but give you some standard guidelines for some of the major pieces, so that way when you're shopping, you have a clearer idea of what you need to be looking for. So let's kick it off with a sofa. A sofa, just a straight sofa that you'd purchase for your home, is typically 80 to 95 inches in length. Anything smaller than that is a love seat, and anything larger than that is just a really long sofa, and long sofas don't actually seat more people. You don't want more than three booties on a sofa. I don't want to talk over Judy and Jim to reach Carol. That's awkward. It's basically like frogs on a log all facing forward, and unless you're watching the Super Bowl, that's uncool. So no matter how long your couch is, it only sits three people comfortably. So stick within that 80 to 95 inch range. In terms of your depth, 34 to 37 is what you're looking for. Anything deeper than 37 is just going to feel like a twin size bed. If you're not a taller than normal person, it might feel very uncomfortable. You might sink in and have a hard time getting up. And they don't really make anything less than 34 inches deep for a sofa. It's just not physically possible to have a back and put your booty on it, unless maybe you're talking about a bench. In terms of a coffee table, you should be looking at something that's 30 to 36 inches, whether it be round or square. And you want to think about something that's 16 to 18 inches high. People oftentimes try to use a trunk as a coffee table, in which case it's generally rectangular. But in that case, it's typically too high. It's typically above 18 inches, and it doesn't feel comfortable. When you're looking for a rectangular coffee table... 24 by 48 is the standard, but I find that it's often too big for small apartments or even smallish living rooms in homes. So I like to go 18 by 36, 24 by 36, and make that 24 by 48 an absolute max. Now, the end table is something that I'm seeing on the market that is just all wrong a lot of the time. At West Elm and CB2, they are selling items that they label end tables or side tables, and those tables are under 22 inches high. The problem with that is when you put it next to your sofa or your armchair, it is so much lower than the arm. So you're basically having to reach down to get the remote or your beverage, and it's very awkward to have to reach back up. What you want is you want a table that's roughly at the height of the arm of your sofa Give or take three inches. So think about something that's more in line with that 24 to 26 inch height, which is just standard and feels normal, especially, especially if you're going to put a lamp on top, because it would look so goofy to have a lamp on one of these 20 to 22 inch high end tables, putting a lamp on top that hardly even peaks above that sofa arm. I just don't know what makes them think that this is practical. I even look at the items that they put on display on top of this side table. I even look at the items that they put on display on top of these side tables and it looks ridiculous. Basically, it looks like a tiny stool next to your large sofa. So don't buy those unless you're just hoping to use them as a small decorative surface that would bop around. But it is not, and I repeat, not an end table. Now that your TV stand... A lot of times people try and repurpose a buffet or a credenza as a TV stand and it just won't work unless it's under 30 inches high. Anything higher than 30 inches will ensure that your TV is not at eye level when you're sitting at your sofa. So you want to make sure that on whatever your TV is above, when you're sitting on your sofa, it remains at eye level. In other words, the center of the TV should be roughly at the center of your eyeball. So that's a fun test for you. And in terms of standard sizing for the length of that TV stand, you want to make sure it's wider than your TV. I really hate it when the TV stands are smaller than the TV. It looks so top-heavy up there. In a bedroom a lot of people have questions about mattress sizes, especially people who are hoping to upgrade to that king. So I'm quickly going to run down the standard mattress sizes for you, and then we'll segue into more furniture pieces. The standard twin is 40 inches wide by 75 inches long. The standard full mattress is 75 inches long by 55 inches wide. The standard queen is 60 inches wide by 80 inches long. The standard king is 80 by 80, practically a square. And the California king is 84 by 72. So it's actually narrower than a regular king, but just a touch longer. When you're selecting a nightstand or nightstands to go next to your bed, you want to make sure that they're the same height as the mattress from the floor. It's just like with that end table on a sofa. You don't want to reach down. To get your alarm or your cell phone or to turn off the light, you want it to be roughly at the level of the height of your mattress. I say, give or take, two inches. So a general rule of thumb is if your bed is a standard bed but does not have a box spring, your nightstand should be 24 to 26 inches high. If your bed does have a box spring and is a little bit of a higher style bed, then you're probably somewhere between 27 and 31 inches high. And if you have a platform bed, generally it's between 20 and 24 inches high. So those are the rules of thumb. And the rule of thumb for lamps on top of nightstands, and this also works for on top of in tables, is that the height of the nightstand should be the same as the height of the lamp on top of it. So if you went for that 24-inch nightstand, the lamp should be 24 inches high. Now again, that's give or take 2 inches. So with a 24-inch nightstand, if you're using my little bit of variance I'm allowing, then it could be between 22 and 26 inches high. And that's the very same thing with that end table we were discussing It's just a quick and easy rule of thumb to remember when you're shopping and it keeps everything in scale so once again that end table doesn't look top heavy. Now let's go to some other standard sizes in terms of the rugs under a bed. I am such a stickler for this because where you place the rug, you place it at the foot of the bed. In other words, it's perpendicular to the bed, making a T with the bed, that way, there is plushness all around where you would step out at the foot of the bed. You can see images of this in my website, in my book, and of course, in lots of design magazines. But when you are shopping for rugs for under your bed, under a queen size bed, always go for six by nine at a minimum. Under a king size bed, go for eight by 10, or you could even go by eight. 8 by 11. It's just a rarer size that's harder to find, but I actually prefer it. It just looks a little more balanced under that large king bed. Long dressers, tall dressers, they're pretty much standard sizes, and the depths are fairly standard as well in terms of all dressers are about 16 to 22 inches deep. When you are picking out a rug that goes around the dining table, I'm also a stickler for this because you want to be able to fully pull out your chair without winding up half on, half off the rug. So around the table, be it around a square or a rectangular table, you need 30 to 36 inches on each side that you plan on having a chair. That means you're going to have a really, really big rug. I don't always put a rug under a dining table, and I certainly don't always use head and foot chairs at a dining table. If you don't have a designated dining room, or if you just have a small dining room, it's not necessary to have that, and that just increases your rug size and increases the span of the table because, again, you need that much space to pull out your chairs without hitting a wall or another piece of furniture. So head and foot chairs are not a must. Now let's talk about standard spacing in terms of relationships of different furniture pieces to each other. In terms of walkways around a room, a comfortable walkway at a minimum is 30 inches wide and at a maximum is generally 42. The standard walkway that I create when I'm creating a path from behind a sofa to between a wall is 36 inches. So I think 36 is that sweet spot. The knee space that you need to allow between the edge of a sofa and the start of a coffee table is between 12 to 18 inches. In terms of pulling out that desk chair, pulling out that dining chair, as we just discussed, you need 30 to 36 inches. That goes for a vanity as well. When you're thinking about pulling out your drawers, you're going to need 24 to 36 inches to pull them out without hitting something else. Because you also need to be able to stand there as you pull it out. The width of a standard doorway is around 30 to 36 inches. 24, you'll see a couple of 24 inch doorways. They're quite narrow and feel a little bit uncomfortable. And then the height of a doorway is generally 80 to 84 inches. Now this is a question I get asked a lot, but if you have a bar counter or a kitchen peninsula, how many stools do you put there? You want 18 to 22 inches for each stool. So, in other words, I take the length of the peninsula divided by 22, and that's how many stools I can have. So, hopefully, that made sense. Hopefully, that gives you some direction when you're out there shopping. Now, let's break for a commercial break, and we'll be right back with a trip into the old mailbag. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and the Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips. Things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle. Welcome back. Before we reach into the old mailbag, I want to remind you guys of a competition that we are holding. From now until St. Patrick's Day, if you go on iTunes and write a review of this podcast, you will be entered to win an autographed copy of my book. Your reviews are such a big help in growing this podcast, spreading the word and keeping us on the air. So please, Go online to iTunes, write a review, and I hope I'll be sending you a book very soon. Now listeners, let's get to your questions. Into the old mailbag. My first note comes from Prescott, and he is an avid listener and fan. It was so exciting to see him once again at my Interior Design Masterclass. He always is sending me great ideas, great hacks, and he sent me an email with another great site to visit. He wrote, Fetsy, don't forget to visit cableorganizer.com, which sells all manner of cord managing tools. I like raceways and Velcro ties. A bit of Velcro stapled to the underside of a desk and table can help tremendously by bringing cables off the floor where they collect dust and look awful. Prescott, thank you so much for that. You know I am a cord hater as well. So any tips, any new sites, any new hacks, I love to hear. My next question comes from Ashley. Ashley writes, Betsy, I love your podcast and Facebook live events. I'm a newlywed and you are helping my husband and I to design our first home together. I have two questions if you have time. You mentioned in one of your previous podcasts that you should always have different materials in your room. Can you repeat those again for me? I can't remember which podcast it was on. I think it was Leather, Stone, and a couple of others. So, Ashley, you don't have to have every element in every room. But when I'm looking around a space, when I'm looking to see what's missing, I generally go through this list and see what I should add. The first one is glass. Then wood then metal. And then I also like to think about fabric. You don't have to incorporate every single texture in a room. But some other textures that I like to consider are ceramic. I do like leather. Um, There's lots of different textures. There's bone. There's acrylic. There's um, lacquer. So these are lots of different ideas that you could use to add textures and colors. And of course, you don't have to just think about those elements that are made of a material. Instead, you could think of like white elements, black elements, translucent elements. You just want a nice mix so that when you walk into the room, it doesn't look like a wood factory or it doesn't look like the white room mixing and matching and adding different elements constantly will help your room to look more designerly and less thematic. Your next question was, we live in a modern type row house in downtown Charlotte and I am struggling majorly with decorating it because I have grown up with Southern traditional design roots being from Georgia and my husband is from Sweden so he's super modern. That being said, we have a huge long wall in our open concept living room, and I don't know whether to add something like Billy bookcases from Ikea so that we add storage and interest. Or should we have a couple of different pieces of furniture like a china cabinet, TV, buffet, etc.? I would like the TV fireplace to be in the middle with the bookcases around it so it looks symmetrical. But my husband doesn't know where we'd put the dining table if we did that. I think we could use the storage since we don't have much in this house, but would love to hear your thoughts. The room serves many functions. Kitchen, dining, entertaining, relaxing, watching TV, working from home. I have pictures of the room that we're dealing with. Please overlook that Christmas decor. These pictures were taken in December. Thanks in advance, Ashley. So Ashley, your pictures were a very big help in Helping me to visualize what this space is looking like and your problems. So, thank you so much for sending those. In terms of your style, you know, I just wanted to point something out before I dig into your questions. You mentioned that your husband is from Sweden and into a more modern style, and you feel most familiar with a traditional southern style. But there is a third person living in your house. And looking at this architecture, this third person has a really big voice. And this third person is the architecture of the space. It's very modern. You have a metal handrail for your staircase with um, some of that very contemporary wire as sort of the, the rungs. You have very modern pendants hanging over your kitchen peninsula. Your windows are very large and, again, super contemporary. So that's something that you're going to want to take into consideration, especially because the focal point of your entire room, that fireplace, is also quite modern. Now, it looks like the fireplace is not built in. It looks like it was something that you added and that could potentially move. Um... I think, based on my initial impression and what I can see from the pictures that you sent, that your layout is really the only manageable one. There's one view I wanted to see, but mm, it's a little bit tough. Because I hate to just tell you without seeing absolutely everything that you should get a large TV unit because it's a big commitment and it's a big visual piece in the room. That being said, you don't appear to be using that wall between the two windows Very well. There's a lot of blank space, and you know, I love my Hallelujah moments. In other words, getting one large piece that solves several problems versus lots of different pieces that, you know, clutter a space and are visual clutter and give you the same amount of storage. But I'm just not convinced. You already have a lot of medium pieces of furniture. You already have a very tall IKEA something or other storage unit. So, I'm a little bit worried that you already have that curse of the medium furniture syndrome. And unless you're willing to get rid of that very tall piece that's over there by the very tall patio doors and basically looks like a wall of tall rectangles, and unless you're willing to get rid of that smaller bar cabinet and then the smaller credenza on the other side, I'm just worried that it's going to look like a storage locker in here rather than a gracious home. Because you're right, the space is a little bit minimal. Now, I don't actually think that your TV unit is going to encroach on your dining space in a significant way because the dining area seems to be pretty far from that and you already have a case good right across from it anyway with that small cabinet. My main concern is just that you'd have to get rid of some of these other pieces and really rely on that central large piece. And while I would think it would be a good use of that wall, I'm just concerned that you might not be ready to let these other pieces go. Something to think about, but you know I love my hallelujah moments. So if you are willing to pare down on your furniture pieces, I think it could be a nice thing to add. My favorite place for these kind of wall units is um I do like Ikea, but their selection is getting less and less. Crate and Barrel has some nice wall units. I also am loving West Elm's current selection. Uh, there's a place called Contempo Furniture, and it's in New Jersey, but they have a good online presence, and they have good wall units as well. But guys, you know, when I start my own furniture line, and that's totally inevitable, I'm sure it's coming up very soon. Uh, Anyone listening who's ready to start a furniture line, email me, betsy at com. But something that's really missing and has been missing for a long time is a decent selection of sophisticated entertainment centers. It's just still very hard to find. And I find that people are steering away from the ones that storage. So it's actually harder to find than it used to be. Just a fun fact. Now, guys, I have been talking about interior design so much this week. Between the masterclass, between my clients, and now this wonderful podcast that I'm a little bit sleepy. So I'm going to be saving the rest of your questions for next week. But in the meanwhile, keep those questions coming. Betsy at affordableinteriordesign.com. Also, I'm going to hop right off of here and go record that episode for my VIP members. So if you're not a VIP member, please go to BigDesignSmallBudget.com, log on, and for $39.99 a month, you get my weekly bonus episode in addition to my entire archive system. You won't want to miss all my episodes. So thank you so much, guys, for listening, and I will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.